Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. I hope today that I can impart a little bit you know, upon you that, that the Lord has shown me in my walk. Um, but you know, first I just, I stand here before you and I think to myself, geez, the level of opposition that it took just to get here today um, is by, by no accident. You know, when, when you are doing things that are for the kingdom of heaven, when you, when you step out in faith, when you walk courageously, when you see differently, when you hear differently, when you speak differently, you're going to be met with resistance. And I think a lot of times people think, well, maybe I'm just not supposed to do that then. Maybe that's why I'm meeting all this resistance. And then they take the easy path. Well, unfortunately, that's exactly what the enemy wants from us. He wants us to go the easy route because then you're no longer a threat. You know, there's a lot of times where I see things working out all the time for, for people and you know that, you know, they're not walking with their Lord. You're like, man, that's, that must be nice. It's interesting, you know. It's really interesting to see how um, it seems favorable in one way in the world's eyes, but it's really unfavorable in the way that the Lord wants us to walk. And so I look in this room today and, you know, this was a vapor in our mind just a couple of months ago. A vapor. We, we stood here on this property by divine appointment, you know, because the, the original venue that we had had it at a couple of years ago had completely closed down, I guess since COVID, every, you know, it just closed. And we were introduced to this property and I just stood here and I just, I felt the presence of God and I was like, you know, I think we're going to have 40 people in this room. And I mean, the number of people here, it was by no accident as well. Um, but the reason why we're doing this, you know, before I share a little bit today with you on, you know, what the Lord has shown me is um, not many years ago when we've been in the business, you know, been in business for a while through network marketing, entrepreneurship, business ownership. And we attend a lot of secular, um, you know, personal development, you know, conferences. And I remember sitting in the back listening to speakers. And a lot, of, you know, a lot of them will say, well, God, the universe, or whatever you believe in. And I was like, man, uh, what, about, like, what about me? Like, what about someone that does believe in the Lord, that it doesn't get mixed with this diluted down trinity? What does his word have to say? Why are thousands of people here hanging on the hem of the garment of a, a God with a little g versus looking to what the Lord has for them. And I literally heard, and I, I, to this day, I'm like, I don't think it was audible, but it was still the inner voice, right, of God. He said, put me in, coach. And I was like, what's that mean? You know, like, you, you mean the person up there needs to put me in? Someone needs to tell that person, hey, if you believe in God, just say it. Don't, you don't have to water it down. And he was like, no, put me in, coach. And I thought to myself, 
so you're asking me to do this? Like you want us to bring this to the marketplace? And we did, we had to. So we called it turned on for a lot of reasons. And um, the original reason was the, just the intrusion of technology in our lives. You know, our heads are down, we're sedated, uh, we're missing it. We're really missing it. David's uh, second book called The Pursuit, he was originally gonna call it, uh, how did I miss that? And the reason why is because as we're pursuing God, we miss him along the way. Jesus you know, said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So let's break that down for a second. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, everything is ministry. I know that you might think that it, st it stands behind a pulpit, but it does not. Our home is our ministry. The way our, we treat our bodies is a ministry. How we get out and speak to people is a ministry. Our connections and day-to-day -day interaction is ministry. Your work is ministry. It doesn't mean that you need to be preaching gospel, and it certainly doesn't mean that you need to stand outside of concert, concerts with a bullhorn telling people are going to go to hell because they're listening to a certain type of music. That doesn't reach anybody. It doesn't reach anybody. But there is an order to what God has called us for and he he knew us and named us and every hair on our head was numbered before the foundations of the earth you were called before the foundations of the earth like let's just wrap your mind around that for one second that you were called before the foundations of the earth so to think that we have any, like that we don't have the significance of impactful work here no matter where it is that you're doing it you have another thing coming. Like you absolutely have a mission and a purpose and a calling on your life. And as Carrie shared with us before privately was, you know, the calling on your life is, is, is so special that no natural man or woman can, can carry it out without the supernatural intervention of the Lord. So just by raise of hand, like, Maybe wherever you are, do you feel like you're in transition in your life? Are you, are you, do you feel like things are changing, something's shifting? There's been a separation of the wheat from the shaft. Do you feel as if maybe, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing good work, but it's not the work. Mm -hmm. That maybe the impact that I'm meant to have hasn't yet even come to fruition. But just like we were saying before, it's like, you know, you take a step, Holy Spirit takes a step. You take a step, Holy Spirit takes a step. He is not going to give you the whole provision or the plan just because he gave you the vision first. If he gave you what the provision or the plan looked like right now, you wouldn't do it. I can guarantee you, you would not do it because you will see the resistance, you will see the opposition, you will see the pain, you will see the challenge, you will see the persecution, you will see the loss. And you're like, oh, heck no, no way. But everybody wants the favor. Everyone wants the favor. So instead, we start looking to all these other different things. And that's what I'm going to talk about today a little bit about proximity, like the power of proximity to God and what happens when we're turned off rather than turned on, right? Because we live in a world that is a culture up rather than kingdom down. What is culture saying to do? What is social media saying to do? What is God with the little G saying you know, to do? What are the lies telling me to do? And that is what trips us up everywhere we go. So when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, look at it this way. 
the way I'm going to see is going to change. Here's the way. Well, when I have a way, that means I see differently than the world. He is the truth. We will hear differently and speak differently. The way and the truth. I will see differently, I will hear and speak differently, and then he is the life. I am going to walk differently. I am going to walk out this life very differently than either I have or what the rest of the world expects of me or what everyone else is doing around me. Yes and yes? Okay, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is how we're going through life. God, okay, let's, let's just pretend God is, you know, one, one of these big shiny letters over here, all right? And he's trying to get through to me. He's, he's trying to get through to me. But the majority of the world, the majority of the world is like this, okay? Heads down, scrolling, 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 not paying attention, not connecting, not doing anything, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, I got stress in my life. I had a fight with my spouse. My kids are screaming. I have laundry and dishes and everything else going on. My business is failing. I have no idea what to do. I'm completely overwhelmed. I hate my job. I hate the people around me. The world is falling apart. There's wars everywhere. How could anything like this ever happen to me? And then we're just like this. And we're, he's over here in FM and we're trying to tune into him on AM because Everything in our life that is insignificant, insignificant and small is down here where, where the devil likes us to play. He's either right here or he's in our past where he torments us for everything that we did wrong in our life, for all the mistakes that we've made. And God can't get through to us. He's like, you want to hear from me, but you got the world's problems in your back pocket, in your eyeballs. And all of the Mary Martha things that we do are in the way. I'm too busy doing this stuff to even hear from you, Lord. Wait a minute. And, and then we wonder why we're in chaos. We wonder why, because that proximity has completely been disrupted. And once he finally gets through to us, whenever we decide that this doesn't matter, all of a sudden something happens. We have that intimacy that Carrie talked about. There's an intimacy with the Lord. We hear differently, we see differently, we walk differently. And then it starts to affect the way that we live, how we think, how we take care of ourselves, how we interact, how we work with our spouse, how we interact with our children, how we decide you know, to impart our gifts onto the world. But too often than not, I can't hear it because some Instagram cutie just told me that I'm doing this wrong and I got to go over here and do this, okay? Some uh, women's empowerment group told me that I need to emasculate my husband on the way to being a powerful lioness, okay? Seriously. Um, and we just invert the order. Like, we just get it. We get so tripped up because FM... 
that I'm trying to listen to on AM down here with all of the world and all of its problems in the delay and in the distraction. The devil is in the delay. He is in the delay. He's in the distraction. He is in the lingering that Carrie talked about. The lingering where we should have been passing through. Where the land of milk and honey is. Where the favor is. Milk, milk and honey are so interesting. Honey coming from bees, milk coming from cows. He didn't tell me to figure out how the honey was made. He didn't tell me to figure out how to get the milk. It's just there. What do you have to do with milk and honey? Harvest it. Take it. Go get it. So when you go get it, that means you have to move forward, right? One step after the other. And again, many times, most times, and I'm here to tell you this, it will not make sense. In the natural world, it will not make sense. You will probably look foolish. Do you think that it looked foolish when Noah was building an ark when it had never rained? <laughs> a boat. A literal boat. But he was spared because of his obedience. So there's a solution to this, and I'm going to reveal it to you the way that God revealed it to me. And it started in Genesis 1. And David's like, what are you going to do, mathematics? Why are you bringing out a whiteboard? I'm like, listen, listen, honey. My brain works a lot different than yours. Don't question me. I, this is how I sort things out. Okay, so um, when the Lord called us and said, put me in coach, because my brain works this way, because I, as a martial artist, okay, I like things being broken down, right? I like to set small goals. I need a framework. I need to know, well, why am I doing that technique or that kick? Or why, why is this here? Why is that there? So for, for me to you, uh, I guess my gift that I'm sharing with you today is how I see things the way that God has revealed them to me. And it was very personal, right? So maybe it doesn't stick for you, but hopefully it's a helpful framework as to what I think he set up in the very beginning. So if you look in Genesis 1, and I know most of you don't have Bibles, but even if you have a Bible app, you could uh, follow along. But I remember specifically when I asked him, I said, what do you mean put you in? Like, what, what does that mean? How am I supposed to put you in in the marketplace? Because when they go to conferences like these, they're expecting to write down some notes. But we don't want you to just go home with a notebook filled of notes today. I want you to go home with clarity and peace and prosperity on your heart, right? I want you to have the profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, the advantage over the world because you can see what he has given you. But in Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's just, just Genesis 1-1. He created the heaven and the earth. Then something happens. It's not revealed here because that's not how the Bible works. And we don't know if it's 100 years or a million years or 1,000 years, but it says, and the earth was out without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So hold on. You're telling me a perfect God created something and it was formless and void? I don't think so. What had happened was he set up the heavens and the earth, and then there was a war in heaven. This is when Lucifer was cast out and took one-third of his army with him. This is when chaos then was on the earth. 
chaos. We live in chaos now. We live in chaos in our own homes most of the time. We live in chaos in our mind. So my first question to you is, does anyone ever feel like, whether it's looking at their business or even looking at their marriage or home, that you ever feel like you're in a dark, formless void? Yeah. So if you're in a dark, formless void, I can guarantee you that is not how God intended it. The devil, okay, <laughs> the devil is trying to trip you up. He's messing in your sandbox. He's playing around in the areas where, you know, where you can be delayed and distracted. But the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So the first thing when it comes to what I like to call divine order, this is not a biblical term, it's just how he gave it to me, okay? The first thing is awareness. The Lord knows who he is. Do we know who he is? So when we're looking for, for solutions and we're not looking to him first, we're already on the, the wrong step. So we have to have an awareness of who God is, first and foremost, because he knows who he is and he knows how he intended things to be and he knows how to get you out of chaos, but we're too busy down here. So once we are aware, just like he was, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It actually said he hovered. He hovered. Think about it like um, the hover tool on your computer. Sometimes that hover tool, you can lay it over a little area and it expands, it, like, it tells you a little bit more about what that area does, right? Well, that's what he does. You have to, you have to get in front of it. You gotta get in front of the problem. You gotta get in front of the chaos. You gotta get in front of the confusion. You have to get in front of uh, what it is that you think you might need to be doing or, or the calling on your life, the dare on your life and go, I need you to hover with me so, so I know what to do next. The next thing he did was say, let there be light. He said, let there be light. And the reason why I think that's worth pointing out is the first thing he did was he used his mouth. You guys, you're in the, the marketplace somewhere, somehow. You're interacting with people somehow every single day. AI and technology is intrusive every single day. Stop trying to figure out the copy or lip syncing or the trending audio. I'm telling you right now, it's your mouth. He says specifically, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I have toyed and toiled and tried to figure out what I was going to talk about today. And I was like, that's it. This morning in the shower, I was like, Lord, I put this whole thing together. I can't stress over this anymore. Just give me the download one after the other. So sometimes we just have to trust that it's going to be there and whoever's there to receive it gets it. It's not for me to worry about. It's not for me to figure out. He just said, open your mouth wide. So it's time for you to just take a step in faith once you have that awareness and, and let there be light. He shined light on the dark, formless void. What does that mean for us? It means that we have to not just open our mouth, but we have to expose the dark areas. We got to speak back to it. You have to speak back to it. We have the authority to do that. I don't have to engage. 
I don't have to hang out with the devil, but I can tell him to get behind me. I can tell him that this is chaos, this is not of you, therefore we need to bring order back into this place. And the only way that I do that is I, again, we, we make sure that God is invited into everything that I do, including your work. So when he said, let there be light, he saw that the light was good, and then after that, he set up uh, light in the day and night and, for, and uh, darkness for night. And he said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament and from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And called, God called the firmament heaven in the, in the evening and the morning were the second day. And then he said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. So here's what's happening. He was considering you when he was laying the foundations of the earth, because that's his job. So you have to consider the environment that you're in right now. David told a story uh, in between, and he said he was walking in South Beach, and God spoke to him. He said, you're chasing something that you'll never catch. And the next day he left because he had to change his environment. Your environment is stronger than your willpower. I can guarantee you that. Because we are, we are, if you're in chaos, I know what it's like if I try to work and, and my, all three of my kids are right there when I'm on a Zoom call. It's like Jeremy's a, a, a lead, the lead guitarist of a famous rock band. Like that would be like me trying to do calculus with him playing in my ear. I, that's not the right environment, right? It's not. It's not the right environment. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves, wherever this is in our life, especially when it comes to business, is, it's not about just getting into a quiet place. You know, that's important too. But we have to have the right environment. Like, how, am I, how is my work going to produce any fruit, any vegetation, any plant life, any fruit that he gives us? Not just in the creation of the world, but the creation of, of what's going to come out of the vapor in your mind. This room, this event, was a vapor a couple of months ago. That means we had to pick the parcel. We had to pick the environment. We prayed over it. We thought about it. We prayed over who was going to be here. All the other stuff takes care of itself as you continue to take your steps. The next thing he did was he created life. Okay? So remember, plant, animal, and then humans. In his fill in the blank image. What's the one thing that separates us once again? Why are we so different than the plants and the animals? Why? We're like him, but what, what's the one thing that separates us? Speech. So if you don't think that your mission involves you using your mouth, it, you know, then we got it twisted. That's why, I'm, that's why I get so irritated by social media. I know I get it. Okay, trending audios gets us more looks on the algorithm, but I'm like, that ain't going to move your, the needle. It ain't. It's not going to move the needle. It, by, by trending audios and cute little lip syncing, it's not going to move the needle. That is not income producing. That is not mission work. We've got to open our mouth. 
We have to be able to impart something. That is why you're in a room right now with people, because we are imparting the gift that he has given you. We are imparting the calling on our life to ignite something and turn it on in you, right? It's a matter of flipping the switch. I can't tell you where your switch is, but I can give you some direction. I can't make you put your hand on it to flip it on, but I can tell you where it's located. It's, it's in that proximity, it's in that intimacy. We have to get turned on to him before we turn anything else on. And that's primarily the problem with most of what's going on in the world. Um, okay, after he created life, by the way, it was, Adam was first. I got something to say about that. <laughs> no, no, seriously. So, uh, so Adam, Adam already had a job and a calling on his life. He already did. He didn't wait for Eve to figure it out. He had a calling on his life. And he gave man, Adam, authority. He told him, name the animals. You do it. God didn't say, that's a horse. He said, Adam, name it. So Adam had to be obedient to his calling, to his authority, and to his job. He was also a complete, full, whole man in the likeness and image of God. He was not looking for Eve to complete him. I know it's a cute saying from a movie, you complete me. It's not the case. That's why I was able to take my ring off in front of my fiance, now husband, when he went crazy. And I said, I don't know who you are, but whoever I said yes to is not the man standing in front of me. But I know who I am, and that is not who's going to get married to you. So because I was whole and complete, and I know, knew who I was as a woman, I wasn't afraid to lose him in his incomplete self, because as he stood before me that day, he went right. Okay, so what, what I want to remind you is that it's okay to stand firm on the word and foundation of God as the truth. It is not confrontational, it's not angry, it is love. Because I loved him enough to fight for us both in that very moment. Not for my pride, not for my ego, and not for a man that I thought was going to complete me. Adam was whole and complete in the image of God. And when the Lord noticed that he was lonely, Carrie, what did he do to Adam? Before that, he put him to sleep. He said, he, he can't have any input here. Adam can't say, listen, I want her blonde hair, blue eyed, 36, 24, 36, and I need to name her Eve. He put him to sleep. It was like the first surgery, and he took a piece of his rib, and he formed Eve. Why is the rib so beautiful? It protects the heart. It protects his lungs. She is by his side, not under his feet, and not over his head. That's the beauty and the bond of a relationship in the divine order. And then they had a job to do, right? They had to tend to the garden. But in this relationship, which was complete after he woke up and said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, he knew her. He already knew who she was. He just woke up and he's like, Eve, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He knew her. So that's, again, the beauty of him knowing himself, knowing who God is, knowing what's possible for his life, and knowing the woman that was sent to, to have intimacy with him in the world, to go 
on mission. Now, they messed up. They messed up. They had one job. <laughs> they messed up. But thank you for grace, right? Thank you for grace. Um, because, and, and all, by the way, they had all the garden and just one tree, one tree they were not to eat of. And it wasn't, look, when Satan came as a serpent, guess what he used to trick her? What? Yeah, but what did he use? He, he used, he twisted scripture. You think the devil doesn't know scripture, you got another thing coming. So don't assume that when we're in the world doing things, that if someone uses scripture, that you're yoking, okay, with, with the right entity. Be aware and be on guard. Because where we're in the workplace, and we're on mission, and we're doing things, we are going to be distracted by things that look like shiny objects. And, and the serpent probably did at the time. We don't know what he looked like. He might have been a beautiful creature before he was sent to slither on his belly. So my point to you is don't be deceived along the way because just because you all of a sudden have an awareness now and you're setting up this environment and you're feeling the call and the God dare on your life, don't assume that you're not going to be met with opposition. Au contraire, it's going to be like a war broke out in heaven <laughs> for your life, for your mission, because now, once again, you are a threat. And so that, that fifth one is your mission. This is the call on your life. It's not just the job you do, it's every encounter, it's, it's everything that you're set to do, everything. It's the mission and call on your life. How you discover that, it's like the age-old question, what's my purpose, what am I here for? I mean, people go through their whole life looking for it. So don't, don't feel like what you're doing is insignificant. I believe that every little thing that we do, whether large or insignificant, is a, a stepping stone and a cross-pollination of what he's having you do. I remember when I retired from martial arts, and I had been doing that for 10 plus years, you know, kicking and punching for a living. And I was like, now I gotta go out and like get a real job. I was petrified. Like, who's gonna hire me? I'm a college dropout. All I know how to do is kick and punch. Who's gonna hire me? And I just had to think to myself, well, that's a lie. Like, I have discipline. I have perseverance. This is life skills. This is what we teach martial artists. I know how to set goals. I know honor. I understand respect. I know what it means to, to be honest, honest in business, right? Self-control, respect for others. These are all things that I had. I'm like, that's a tool belt. Hold on a second. You each have them. We just think that we need all this other stuff to make it work. God has already equipped you. Remember, it's, he equips the called, okay? Then the final two things that the Lord did after he gave them a job and then they messed it up, This is an important piece we miss. What did he do on the seventh day? He rested. Gosh, I can't wait for tonight. <laughs> I've been waiting for my rest on this, in this event. Um, but the rest is so important, and, and Jesus was a perfect example of, 
of his divine order because he actually worked from rest. He didn't rest from work. We, we mess it up in the marketplace. Um, the marketplace, you know, actually, we all have Saturday and Sunday now. I believe that the one Sabbath uh, is now two because it's like, the, the Jewish uh, believe in the, the Seventh-day Adventists believe that Sabbath is Saturday. Then there's the Christians, because he rose on the Sunday, believe that Sunday is. And they're like, well, we just can't make up our minds, so we have two days now. And, and we just go, and we, we play, and we rest, and then we go back to work, right? And so what we need to do is realize that it shouldn't be book-ended. It should begin from that place, that our first fruits are going to really come from that place of rest. And I just believe wholeheartedly that sometimes when we put things down, that are just becoming too chaotic, that dark formless void, that he, he does so much more in our rest. That's one thing that I really struggle with. Like my emotional home is overwhelm because I want everything to be perfect and I want everyone to get something and I want to make sure all the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And so in my flesh, I get overwhelmed with the things that I probably should just put down and let rest so that God can multiply it. We try to do it by ourselves or even duplicate it in others. He is a multiplier, not a duplicator or a replicator. We are all unique. We all have gifts. We all are called to something different. If you try to be all things to all people, you will reach no one. You just won't. Um, and then the final thing he did, which he did on every single day, was he said it was good. He loves joy. He, joy comes in the morning. He says we go from glory to glory. It was good. There was light. It was good. Animal life, plant life. It was good. Adam, it was good. Eve, it was good. The garden, it was good. Recognize what you're doing. Like, allow yourself to, to sit back and rest and reflect. Like, is this working? Like, am I moving in the right direction here? And then when you recognize it, apply some joy to it, right? Allow for yourself to celebrate that win. Say, thank you, Lord. What does it say? Let's say we enter the gates through thanksgiving. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that revelation. Thank you, God, for that um, impartation. Thank you, God, that that person did, and I did not sign that contract. Thank you, God. There's a lot of things that we have to remember that even though we're not, being, not working out for ourselves, uh, that we have to um, remember that God sees all things. He goes before us and he goes after us. And then the last thing I'm going to leave you with is a little bit more practical. Do you guys have this? Is this helpful? Okay. Uh, by the way, this is for free on my website too. So um, if you go to turnedon.com, you can get the divine order for free. And then I'm just going to give you a little piece here of what he calls us to before I take you guys to lunch. Because once you see it and, and you understand uh, the, the call and you understand the divine order, and there's really main, four main areas in life that he talks about, and they're really significant even in the world because if someone's on their deathbed, uh, they usually have a regret in one area. Um, so it's our faith. You can write these down. We call them the big four in the turned on method. It's our faith, our health, our family, or what we call home team, and our mission, our work. Those are the four things. We, don't, we get so consumed by all this other stuff 
that we don't focus on the main big four. And that big four is affected by everything from the decisions that we make to uh, the people we surround ourselves with and to the things that we allow to infiltrate that space. So if you keep just kind of circling back to the divine order and sticking to those four main things, you're going to be so much happier. You know, you're going to have days that really stink, okay? I, we, I kicked the dirt two weeks on the way here. But it's just part of the process, right? We, there's plenty of reluctant prophets, you know, in the Bible that they just kick the dirt and like, why are you calling me here? You know, Jonah didn't end very well, but he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He did, but it's part of the job. Okay. All right. There's, this is going to be your main requirement. And listen, I got two minutes, but I'm going to make this fast. The first thing it's going to require of you is conviction. This You'll hear from me over and over and over again. It'll probably be on my gravestone. Conviction has a sound. Mm -hmm. It has a sound. It, come, it comes from somewhere different. It doesn't come from here. It comes from here. It, it comes from your inner man or your inner woman. It's, it's in your spirit. It's laced in your DNA. He literally laced it in your DNA. There's a God gene inside of you. And when you get that, you have a conviction that when you see the way and speak the truth and walk out the life, it, it looks different. And you see people when they're, anoint, they're anointing and then you compare yourself when you're in your flesh. Just start walking in your anointing and people are going to be like, dang. Okay? There's something special about that conviction. The second one is it's going to take courage. And courage is hard to find sometimes, but we all have it. There's probably a million things you could write down today, you know, that took courage. It took courage to come here. It took courage. It takes courage to accept Christ. It takes courage. The God dare takes courage. Speaking for people takes courage. Opening a brand new business takes courage. But courage always precedes what everyone thinks they need to be looking for, and that's confidence. It doesn't come first. It comes second. That confidence happens through the competency right, of the courageous steps, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. Sometimes courage is just getting out of bed today and doing the one thing. Maybe it's the bare minimum that needs to get done. But eventually, you, became, you come, become confident. We learned this. We learned this in martial arts. I mean, how many children would come in the very first day hiding behind mom's skirt? And before you know it, they're the most courageous, confident, uh, convicted, you know, uh, honorable black belt leading the room because they we went to practice right it's a very practical way of looking at it, but it's it's a it's actually a spiritual transformation that occurs and that was what I loved about martial arts so that was actually what I'm saying like it, all of that teaching was a piece of the cross-pollination that I'm using today it's no different I'm just doing it with adults instead of eight-year-olds all right the fourth is connection it's gonna require relationship it's going to require a relationship with God. It's going to require a relationship with people. None of this would happen today if it hadn't been for relationship. None of it. Not a single thing. Consistency. Because once you're consistent, you're competent. And if you want to do business, you've got to show competency. If you're not showing competency, it's going to be really hard for someone to take step in faith 
to work with you and to do business with you. But ultimately, it all equals one thing, and that's the word charisma. In the world, charisma looks like an it factor. But in the Greek, charismata, it's actually God's gift inside of you. So how cool is it that we have to get here because we know it's there. We have an awareness now. He's, he's called us to it. You've got a dare on your life. But you're like, I don't know the first step. Well, you've first got to believe it. The second thing you have to do is be courageous enough to take step one. Eventually, you're going to be confident enough to start carrying it out on a day-to-day basis. Then you're going to start connecting with people over and over and over again consistently so that you show competency in your work and in your mission. And it's going to look so amazing to the world. They're like, man, that guy has charisma and spade. It's like, yeah, so do you. He just did all these things first. So all, all I want to share with you as I take you to lunch is you have been called here. You have a mission on your life. You accepted Christ because he's going to do something so impactful with you that you have yet to even see, my friends. The stages that you've been on are a fraction of where he's going to put you. A fraction. And I'm imparting on that right now as a, the word from the Lord into your life right now. Jeremy and Lauren, I'm calling out to you. So there's a calling on your life, and it's going to change something, and it's going to change in you first. But in order for it to do the things that maybe you've had a vision of a vapor in your mind at one point in time when you close your eyes and you can see your target with your eyes closed so tightly shut and your heart cracked wide open, that's when you know you're onto something because that's where he is. That's where the charisma gets unlocked. But you have to do these things first. But don't ever forget the divine order because otherwise you're going to come to the end of your life and you're going to still be down here with the scraps on the floor. Don't play in the red ocean where the devil likes to keep you down. He's got a blue ocean waiting for you. And he has something so special it would blow your mind. 